Welcome to the Positive Talk podcast with hosts Julie Homrich and Chuck Allen. You picked a great day to join in the conversation as Julie, a psychotherapist, and Chuck, a pastor, merge faith and psychology to help you live with greater peace and purpose. Thanks again for joining us today for the Positive Talk podcast. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Julie. Hi, everybody. It's a great day to find an encouraging and positive word here at the Positive Talk podcast. And thanks so much for that introduction. You know, Julie, a meaningful life is full of decisions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes life goes smoothly. Right. Although I I think that's rare, honestly. (laughs) Um, And other times I think we get stuck. Mm -hmm. I've been there. Yep, where you just really stuck. Mm-hmm. And life will move forward. I've learned this the hard way. Life will move forward with or without you. So you know you have to make a choice. Yeah. And you know you've got to do something mm-hmm. that very rarely can we just do nothing and good things happen. Right. Now, it does happen. I mean, there are times when that's true. Mm-hmm. But some choices are small. Others can truly direct your life in unexpected directions. Mm-hmm. It's just part of it. So the question in today's episode is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Yeah. And the answer isn't the same for everybody. No. Right? I mean, you you can get to a decision via many different paths. And working through indecision can be a pretty challenging experience, especially if you're facing a big life change, which yeah. you hear in your office a lot. I hear in my office a lot. And you can find a way to get unstuck or consider a decision or to take action with, and I think this is a big phrase, with a calm mind. Yeah. So Julie, let's let's get rolling with what do you do when you don't know what to do and help get the ball rolling for us? Yeah, I think this is such an interesting topic, Chuck, because we all, like you said, we all arrive at this place of kind of uncertainty mm-hmm. in different seasons of our lives, also in multiple contexts, in our relationships, in our career, in our spirituality sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know what to do. We feel stuck. And for our brains, feelings mm. of uncertainty, they're kind of like hunger pains for our stomach. That's a great so, way to look at that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you kind of get that sense of like, oh, I feel like I need something. I need some clarity. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. need some absolutely. control. We crave it, don't we? We crave it. Yeah. yeah. When, when we're hungry, those those pain signal that we need food. When we feel uncertain, our brain signals that we need more information. Mm, But like you said, what if the information we seek just isn't available to us yet? We're kind of in this waiting period, this stuck period. And I think this happened a lot, um, really quite consistently during the pandemic. No doubt. People got to this place where they were asked to make decisions without enough information. Mm-hmm. I remember as a parent and they sent us an email saying, okay, you need to make a decision whether your kid's going to go to virtual classes or in-person classes and you need to make it in a week and it's going to be for the entire semester. And we're all like, wait a second, we have no idea what this is even going to look like three weeks from now, right? right so we're, right. we're having to make these decisions without the information. It was hard, I think, all around. Um, and for many people, and this is reflected in the statistics, their anxiety and their depression just skyrocketed mm. during the pandemic because they weren't used to feeling and actually being so out of control. Right. And they didn't know what to do when they didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so knowing we all have these phases, and and I think it's important for us to recognize that not knowing what to do typically is a phase or a short season in mm-hmm. our life. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that... I have 
really try to encourage folks in my office because of just personal experiences. When you don't know what to do, don't give in to the pressure that you have to do something immediately. Yeah. Like have a willingness to stop. Mm-hmm. Have a willingness to stop and investigate that. Right. A little bit. Right. And I think a lot of times when we are in that place, we feel like it's going to last forever. And like you said, it doesn't last forever. Um, I think when we feel overwhelmed with what seems like either too many options or even too few options, our brains just feel exhausted. Because it's working overtime. It is working overtime. You have less physical energy. You might feel super scattered. Your brain is exerting. It, it only has a limited amount of energy. Right. And it's exerting so much of it trying to make sense of what's going on or gain control over what feels out of your control. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a skill that you can learn um, to be able to get better at this, essentially. We call it distress tolerance. I I love it when you break out these <laughs> phrases. Like I feel like I need some distress Dis- tolerance. Don't we all though? Yeah. Right? It's like it's not distress avoidance or distress removal. It's right. distress tolerance because we're going to have distress in our life. I know you say a lot you're either coming out of a storm, going into a storm or what is it? Yeah, so you're either going into it, uh-huh. you're in the middle of it in or you're just it. coming out. Or of coming it. out of it. Right. Yeah. So we need to learn how to tolerate the storm. That's right, right? because how, they're not going to change. They're not going to change. How to tolerate that distress. And one of the pieces of this is recognizing what you can change and what you can't. Mm-hmm. And bringing some peace to your heart in the midst of that. So I like to use this, there's a form of therapy called dialectical behavior therapy. For short, we call it DBT. And they use an acronym called REST, R-E-S-T. And this is a really, really good acronym to think about when you don't know what to do. So I think when we feel out of control, we get frantic, right? We get stressed out. But the first step is to simply pause and relax. Okay. That's the R. Which is counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive because we want to take action so quickly because we mm-hmm. think that that's going to resolve our anxiety, right? But could actually add to Escalate. the anxiety. It could right? if, yeah. we make a, if we make a, um, a rash decision. So when we do this, I like to say sometimes, okay, let's give your spirit a minute to catch up with your heart and your mind. <laughs> I like that. Because yeah. a lot of times I know for me, when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, it's a lot more sometimes quiet, sometimes mm-hmm. still. Um, my mind and my heart can be racing. Literally, my heart can be racing. Yeah. Yeah. So in this relax, the R part of this, try to go maybe just five minutes without analyzing. Instead, just bring your body and your mind and your spirit into a place of calm so that you can actually effectively think. You know, Julie, when I think about the relax piece Mm -hmm. of this, I am reminded that throughout the scriptures, Mm -hmm. one of the things that is, there's an ongoing story of God just in human development is we can find God anywhere, anytime, but it does require that you stop. Make the space for it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. you know, we, in my home, we call it sanctuary. Oh, like you yeah. have to have a sanctuary moment. You yeah. So there are, there are places mm-hmm. and there are times when I am expectant to relax in the presence of my creator. Yeah. And when we, when we build that skill set, and I, it's kind of hard to describe relax as a skill set, I guess. It really is, though. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It's something like, you have to practice. Um, meditation is one of those things that just it helps me get to that space. Mm-hmm. But 
if we didn't get anything else in the rest, the relax yeah. is the essential element here. Yeah, well, even if you think about people who are just really um, deep, like prayer warriors, mm-hmm. they didn't get that way overnight. They no. they literally trained their minds and their spirits to be in that place yeah, of prayer. Absolutely. Um, so I think that that prayer is is just a really great intervention in that relax yep. portion of this. Um, the E in rest is to evaluate. Okay, so mm. you don't have to know everything about this situation. We're not going to know everything about the situation, and we're certainly not going to know the future, but it is helpful to evaluate what you do know. Okay, so when clients come into my office, they're frantic, they're unsure of what to do, we pause and we take an account of what they know to be true. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's what you don't know, but what do you know to be true about God, about yourself, about the situation at hand? And that's a good foundational starting point, I think. I love this piece because I know this happened just this week in my office where I I stopped and I said, so tell me in this situation, there are so many things that are, they're unknown. Yeah. Let's talk about the things we do know, Right. but let's start with, and I love this phrase, the character of God. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. your particular situation is not spelled out in black ink on white paper in the Bible. Yeah. But let's talk about the character yep. of God. Yep. And in the character of God, we we really can stop and evaluate with some piece of clarity. I can trust in the character of God. Mm-hmm. The goodness of him, the goodness of God. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that is such a good foundational starting point, Chuck, to really recognize the character of God and that yeah. that is consistent and doesn't change. So the S here is to set in intention. Mm. Okay. So this is where we make a plan for how we want to live out our next few days, our next few weeks, kind of if we're in this waiting period. If it's a really difficult situation, we might even need to plan out how we're going to get through the next few moments, you know, mm-hmm. break it down. Uh, one thing that I always personally ask myself when I'm going through a difficult time and I don't know what to do is this. I will ask myself, okay, when I look back on this season, 10 years from now, mm. what decisions will I have made today that will help me feel confident that I handled this time the best I could with integrity? That is a great question. Well, I think so many times our anxiety leads us to think about our future as to what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. But what if instead we thought about our future as like God's best for us, the best version yeah. of what it could yeah. look like, and take steps today to set that future version of ourselves up for that. success when that when that day comes. I, you know, that's a great way to not get stuck in whatever your past uh, ideologies may be, even mm-hmm. about yourself or even performance. Of course, yeah. You know, um, so take us to the T mm-hmm. because being a natural per- person that has a bias toward action. Action, you are so action-oriented. It's yep. great. Well, and this is where we do take action. And the main reason why this is the last step um, is because sometimes when we don't know what to do, we make it the first step. We switch these things around and we might act impulsively out of anxiety just to kind of have a decision made. Okay. We just want to get that off our plate, get it done. I don't want to have to think about it. And that's when we mix those steps up and try to take action first. But if you're not sure what to do, jumping into something impulsively does have the propensity to backfire. And only after we've gone through the above steps, which really can take like 30 minutes or less, we consider what action steps we take. You know, I've been there, Julie, where everything in me 
just wanted to do something about the situation. Yeah, yeah. And it has come back to haunt me mm-hmm. time after time. And the, the concept of relaxing, to start off with, just to stop the merry-go-round and be able to say, I need to gather and evaluate, mm-hmm. that, that alone gives me a moment. Yep. And then when I think to myself, okay, when I put all that in place, the I can set my intention. Mm-hmm. Because you're, the in- you're thinking straight, too. Yeah. <laughs> and the intention can lead to proper action as opposed to action having to be questioning the intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just very reactive. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody is their best self reactively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I look at this and I'm, I'm reminded that many of us are kind of like the old, you're too young to know this, but the old David Lee Roth song, One Foot on the Brake, One on the Gas, I Can't Drive 55. Okay, I don't know that song, but my first car accident was because I accidentally put my foot on the gas instead of the brake and ran into our garage door. (laughs) So maybe I should listen to that song. Let me just stop and say, for our listeners' benefit, this is a delightful moment in my life <laughs> to know this. So the I song used, goes, I used to put one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. That's why I did that. You're supposed to keep one foot on each. Yeah. Right? So you, do you know who David Lee Roth is? I, I've heard. He was of the him. lead singer for Van Halen. Okay, gotcha. And he sang this song on a solo album called "I Can't Drive 55." I know okay. our listeners are thrilled with this, <laughs> but it, it, one of the lines in the song is "one foot on the brake and one on the gas." Okay. And I think when we are reactive. Mm-hmm. What happens is we hit the gas and it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we run into things. Like, <laughs> like the garage door. Like me. <laughs> well, and I think when we take the time to really kind of step back and and consider all of these things, mm-hmm. then we can simplify our action steps. And the way I simplify it in the office is really to break it down into three steps. For your specific situation, you either are going to stop go or I say, whoa. <laughs> I can't even read the word whoa without imagining like this old Western. Whoa. whoa. Yeah. Well, you could say stop, go or slow, but I think whoa is just I like whoa a lot better. It's way more fun. Yeah. Like, can't you see like pulling the reins pulling back the reins on a horse? Back. Exactly. Whoa. Well, and this is how I explain it to my kids this way too. So, you know, whoa is kind of fun for them because I'll say, is this a stop? Is this a go? Or is this a whoa? And, you know, Chuck, I think sometimes we forget that waiting can actually be an active choice we make, right? We think of it as like, oh, we're powerless, so we have to wait. Like this is being infringed upon us. Like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do, so I guess I just have to wait. Mm -hmm. But the very nature of choosing to wait instead of acting impulsively, that means that we are doing something. We are exercising our patience muscle, Mm -hmm. which is a really powerful thing to do. I think that's an important reframe because it helps us realize that we are actually taking an action by choosing to wait. Absolutely. Um, I often remind myself and my clients, if you don't have the answer yet, it's because you don't need the answer yet. Oh, that's good. And that's hard though, right? We don't always believe that. I think our timeline... Is very different than God's timeline. Do you do you remember that movie where he said, um, "Tell me the truth," and he's like, "You can't handle you can't the, handle the truth." I don't even yeah. know where that's from, but it's it's similar. Like we sometimes we don't know 
what we need to have before we get the answer yeah, that we right. need. I know I can say with with a degree of certainty that there there's been in my life information that's been given to me during a certain period of time that I really couldn't have handled as well yeah. if it was presented to me earlier. Um, so maybe if you don't have the answers, it's because God is preparing you to be the person who can handle the answer or trust him in the process. Yeah, I love that. I I heard years ago, and I've lived by this and I've shared it over and over again, that we love to think that God works inside of our Apple Watch. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, I need you to function in this time. Mm -hmm. But over and over again, I mean, like from creation to 2022, God works on timing, not on time. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And in that timing, mm-hmm. God has a way of providing exactly what you described. I may not have the answer yet because I'm growing into the person that can handle the answer. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and having said that, I'm reminded of the story out of Second Kings chapter four in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. There's this prophet by the name of Elisha. He's coming into town. He meets this lady who's a widow, mm-hmm. got two sons, husband's left her with a ton of debt. She's going to have to sell her sons into slavery to pay the debt. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So Elisha says, well, what do you have? Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably a good lesson for us Yeah. because oftentimes we think, well, I'm stuck. I don't, I don't have any don't way have out. Anything. Yeah. yeah. I'm in, and she says, well, I've got this little bit of oil, you know, and I imagine just, you know, I mean, being as old as I am, I imagine a little jelly jar, you know, <laughs> yeah. and Julie's laughing at me, y'all. This is jelly jars. a little jelly jar. Like when I was a little boy, my mom would buy Welch's grape jelly. And it was in a Flintstones glass that when you washed it after getting all the jelly out. Uh-huh. You kept you, the glass. Yeah, you kept the glass and put orange juice in it. We did have Flintstone vitamins. I don't know. I don't know if I was so far back as a jelly. Though. This goes to show you how how different our ages are. <laughs> Generations. In any case, before you so rudely distracted me, <laughs> I, I imagine she had a jelly jar full of oil. Mm-hmm. She says, all I've got is this oil, right? Mm, just a little. So... Uh, so Elijah says, well, go in, the, go in the house, but before you do, you and your sons go gather up all of this used pottery mm-hmm. that are vessels, because he calls them vessels, you know, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So imagine like a five-gallon bucket. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this is a vessel. And he says, now start pouring the oil that you have into the vessels. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, anybody with the right mind says, come on. It's not going to be enough. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't have the answer for that. Yeah. So as the story goes, she starts pouring the oil and it fills up this first vessel. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the sons? Mm-hmm. It's like, mom, do that again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so she fills up all the vessels. Then she says, hand me another one. They say, well, we don't have any more. Huh. Now, you know, in, in the Bible, what we know is oil is a picture of God, his spirit at work mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. And we know that vessels are a picture of us. Yeah. And the good news is that God longs to fill in his timing mm-hmm. our broken, used vessels yeah. with his presence and in that presence, his power and answers. Yeah. But it's not going to happen based on our time, but only on his timing. And sometimes we just have to relax. Yeah. And let his timing come to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is definitely a faith building process. Yeah. And I think one of the hard things about this, Chuck, is that we still live and work and love and worship in that waiting period. Like so you true. said, it doesn't stop. Our lives don't stop. Nope. Um, and when we don't know what to do and the answer for now is wait, mm-hmm. 
we still do have to go about our daily lives and it's hard. And I think sometimes we are tempted to kind of rush that decision for the sake of closure. Right. But I want to share one tactic that I think, I know it saved me a lot of heartache in life. And I always encourage my clients in this way. Okay, so you may not know the answer yet. Mm -hmm. However, try to make decisions in the waiting time that don't have long-lasting negative consequences for when you do get your answer. That's so good. Okay, so we do have these micro decisions that we have to make every single day while we wait. And many of them will yield short-term consequences, Mm -hmm. but some could create ripple effects for years to come. So consider how to minimize your chance of regretting a decision you made while you were waiting for your answer. Yeah, yeah. And in that, I think in that waiting, Mm -hmm. this is when um, not only are we refined and prepared, but there is enough room in God's timing that that we are, I, I, I dare use the term schooled. Mm-hmm. I would have been America's worst pastor 20 years ago. Mm. But today I'm just experiencing this incredible freedom and joy and contentment. Mm-hmm. But that's because of God's timing. Yeah. And there was so much for me to learn. It wasn't about the church. It was about me, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I look at that and I think clar- clarity isn't always about what to do right now. Yes. Right? And isn't that kind of the heartbeat of what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Because um, what if it is, what can I trust and who am I really yeah. in this moment? Yeah. Well, the person you're becoming is more yeah. valuable than the answer. There you, you go. I, it, that That's the way a therapist would say that. <laughs> so, so like you said, indecision can feel stressful. Yeah. But it can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Absolutely. it can force us to sit down rediscover our bearings, center our life up a little bit on that which matters most. And I've discovered that when we do that before big change, change isn't as painful mm-hmm. because we've mm-hmm. kind of, we've got ourselves on the right balance. Yeah, band, we've right? built, built up our little tool belt. To I read um, years ago that in the Apollo missions, when we were sending people to the moon, that they spent almost 88% of their flight path from earth to the moon mm-hmm. and course correction. Oh, wow. Think about that. Yeah. So only 12% of the time were they were just on cruise they, control. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so if you think about that, that's our life. Mm-hmm. We're constantly in this course correction. And I look at that and I think to myself, even though it feels stressful to get my bearings in, in this, I have the opportunity to check my gut mm-hmm. and check my soul and figure out if what I'm doing lines up with the values, values. I claim most yeah. dear to my life. That's such a core piece of what this offers us. Crisis, yeah. uncertainty, all those things. Yeah. It gives us a, a microscope in a sense to look I used at to teach this class uh, to uh, high school seniors. Mm-hmm. And it, the whole thing about it was building values that will answer most of life's questions for mm-hmm. you. You know, and it's it's when you think about how simple it is, like in my life, um, I don't ever want to have to show up at home and explain to my wife why I was somewhere I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So if that's a core value, then you know what? I, 
I don't make that mistake. The decision's made. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. My husband does this whole thing called the why mantra where you go through yeah. and you identify your five values. Right. I mean, it's it's a whole process, but it's cool because whenever I make decisions, I look I look and I see, okay, yeah. will this decision align with those five things? Right. Mine, I think, are honest, open, committed, connected, and something else. But that's a matrix by which you can bring some clarity when it feels like there's no clarity. Right. And you can right. be okay without an answer because you're held pretty firm in these things that you deeply value. Right, exactly. You're living that out. And I think this process, you know, even though if you're somebody who finds it really difficult to kind of wait, yeah. um, I think what you can learn through this is it's definitely a faith-building activity, but it's also a brain-building activity. It the really process is. Of yeah, waiting. totally. So, you know, our brains actually can grow in their capacity to tolerate uncertainty. So if you're somebody who just says, well, I just, I just don't do well with, you know, not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you don't, but you have the capacity to become somebody who can improve right. in that area. Um, I think that we think about our brains as kind of static, but as we talk about a lot here, it's ever changing. Um, our physical brains actually grow new neural pathways when we learn to tolerate uncertainty instead of looping around in kind of that circle of fear that's like, I, I won't be okay without an answer. We actually create a pathway that equates this whole not yet concept with a sense of peace. We're able to rest in that. Yeah. We're able to yeah. be okay with that. And, you know, for many people, I work with a lot of people who have trauma in their lives. Mm -hmm. And if they've had a chaotic home life um, or trauma in their past, they might have a hard time waiting, um, usually because they've equated answers and certainty with a sense of safety. Yeah. Um, because maybe that was the case for them as a child, right? I mean, if we can't trust our caregivers to be consistent, mm. we learn that we need to get the answers. We need to get the answers for ourselves right. and fast. But when we grow and we come to this healthy kind of adult place, we realize that we can be safe and loved and relatively resourceful even without all the answers. Um, yeah. Everything doesn't have to be okay for us to be okay. Absolutely. And I, I want to encourage our listeners to recognize that I don't know anybody on the planet, I say this over and over again, that cannot be benefited from a good coach, counselor, or therapist. Yeah, Especially when you're stuck. Right. That's the whole, that's the whole purpose. Yeah. To help you get unstuck. And I would just say, and you know, in Christian circles, sometimes we, we deal with this whole belief system that I think is flawed ridiculously, which is, but I should be able to handle this. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Or the sense of like, well, I don't need a counselor because I have my pastor. Well, do you need a doctor for right. your you yeah. know, medical? Yeah. Like, I don't go see my minister of music for a broken ankle. Right. Right. Yeah. So mental health, physical health, just yeah. two different forms of yeah, health. You know, little things like that. <laughs> but I, I do think it's a thing, mm -hmm. you know, and I would encourage believers that are listening to us is don't let your limiting beliefs of spirituality keep you from finding help yeah. when you're stuck. It's kind of like the, the old story, a guy that is walking down the road and he falls in a hole, mm -hmm. you know, and it, he has no way out. The walls are sheer. What am I going to do? I'm in a hole by myself. It's over. Okay. Right. So the doctor walks by and the guy says, hey, doc, can you help me? Uh -huh. So the doc writes a prescription, throws it down the hole. I was like, what the heck? That's not helpful. No. I can't so, get that yeah. filled down so here. A, a pastor walks by and he says, hey, pastor, can you help? And, and the guy writes out a prayer and drops it down the hole. It's like, uh -huh. what the heck? Another useless pastor in the world. Right. <laughs> and then 
a friend walks by and he says, hey, Joe, can you help me? And the guy jumps in the hole with him. Mm-hmm. I'm, what the heck? Like, <laughs> now we're both now in the we're hole. both in here. Right? And Joe says, yeah, but I've been here before and I know how to get out. How to get out. You know? Yeah. And I think sometimes we just need, when we stop and rest, mm-hmm. we can stop and there are plenty of resources when we are willing to look for them. Yeah. That can help us move past, I don't know what to do. And somebody can help encourage me see with some clarity yeah. what I really can control and the way forward. Yeah. And that's where a therapist, you know, they have walked with people out of those holes yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, as a, as a, as a pastor, Julie, one of the things that I, I really want our listeners to hear, and, and this is, is, is no slight on pastors. I mean, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. But we have our limits to what we know how to help. Well, healthy pastors know they have their limits, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but honestly, I, I have plenty of people that will see me and I will say, you know, honestly, you're just kind of out of my pay grade. Mm. And I love you too much to mm-hmm. fake like I know how to help you. Mm. So let me help you get to a therapist that truly can get at the issue that's at the root. And that is that is so helpful. I mean, really, yeah. that's what's most yeah. helpful for the person. But I think the encouragement to believers is just know, I don't know a pastor on the planet that, that knows all the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't know a therapist or counselor that knows all the answers. Mm-mm. But I do know that there are plenty of all three yeah. that want you to help be unstuck. Right. And so don't be afraid to be able to seek that out. And as always, uh, Julie and I want to say to you, thank you for joining us every week on the Positive Talk podcast. We're just blown away by how many people join us as we merge faith and psychology, believing we really can live a far more peace-filled and purposeful life. So we'll be back next week for another episode. And remember, you can always find all of season one, season two, and all of season three on our uh, website, which is positivetalkpodcast.com, positivetalkpodcast.com. And always follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again for listening in. Trust that you have the greatest week ever. Julie, you want to say it? <laughs> Go in peace. I just love it when she says that. We haven't done that in a while. I know, but I've kind of missed it. You brought it back. All right. Bye, y'all. Thanks again for joining Chuck and Julie for this week's Positive Talk podcast. We would love to hear from you and tackle a few of your questions. So visit our website at positivetalkpodcast.com and look for the leave a voicemail button. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again and go in peace.